0: "'Devon drew in a deep, shuddering breath. "'He could recall his grandfather's exact tonal inflection, "'even though the man hadn't chided him for his shortcomings in years. "'They'd seen each other, but never for long enough to start an argument. "'Devon's choice, especially since all the bitter words "'they'd hurled at each other still haunted him. "'Now it no longer mattered.' Seeming indifference and polite platitudes came down to this Devon was the Marquis of Kirkby's heir. Past differences were to be set aside because the Marquis was not expected to live beyond the week. Beyond the week, those were Brewster's words in his curt message. Devon could curse the man his terse note. "'So many questions had crowded his mind "'that he'd barely been able to take his leave from McDermott with any civility. "'He was still in a state of shock. "'How could his grandfather, whose political power had few limits, "'whose personality engaged all who entered his sphere, "'who had proven time and time again to be larger than life itself, "'how could this man die, as simply and as quietly as all other mortals?' Now, away from friends, society, all that he knew and held familiar, Devon could not escape one unassailable truth. In spite of their differences, he had loved this man who had raised him after his parents' deaths. He had to set things right between them. And that's what had brought him to this point, stranded in a farmer's field, the victim of his own unpreparedness and haste. Buttoning his heavy greatcoat and setting his beaver hat lower on his head, Devon spied a path leading from the fields through a line of trees. Come, Gallant, let's see what we can do for you. There had to be a farm cottage close by. Gallant followed, his breaths coming out in puffs of frigid air. The path wound its way through a small wood. As Devon walked he realised this area was not totally unfamiliar to him. The seat of his good friend, the Earl of Ruskin, was hereabout. Having his bearings made him feel better. He'd get a horse off of Rusky if he didn't find a solution sooner. Either way, he was determined to make London and the family home, Montclyffe, if he had to crawl to the place. Around a curve on the other side of the wood... Devon caught sight of a picturesque farm less than a quarter mile away. Smoke curled from the chimney of the whitewashed cottage, while a rooster crowed from somewhere around the stone shed. Gallant's ears picked up and then laid back. He nickered in protest. Devon sniffed. The wind carried the pungent scent of pigs. The pen must be located on the other side of the barn. It was just Devon's bad luck he was downwind from the buggers. He hated the smell of pigs. Gallant obviously did too. As he drew closer, the door to the cottage opened. A portly woman wobbled out and made her way across the yard toward the barn. In each fristed hand, she carried a heavy bucket with the strength of a woman accustomed to hard work. A heavy wool shawl tied around her hat and shoulders protected her from the cold. "'Unfortunately, the wind kept blowing the straw bonnet's floppy brim down in her face. "'She had to toss her head to let the wind blow it back up, allowing her to see. "'Consequently, her path toward the shed with the heavy buckets was a zigzag of frustration. "'Devon shouted out, "'Hey there!' "'The wind must have carried his words away, because the woman didn't break stride. "'Instead, she disappeared behind the shed.' A second later, Devon heard the ear piercing squeals of hungry pigs. Wrinkling his nose, Devon gave Gallant's reins a tug. Come on, lad. In the barnyard, a milk cow stuck its head out beyond the round sandstone columns supporting the shed's roof. A pair of oxen munched contentedly, watching Devon and Gallant with seeming disinterest. He didn't bother with the pig girl, but tossed the reins around a stone posed in front of the cottage for that purpose. He knocked on the door. It swung open. Hello? Devon listened for an answer. The room was neat.